going to talk for probably like a couple minutes right now just to start feeling comfortable up here so I don't really know what I'm going to ramble on for a couple minutes then I'm going to jump into what I'm talking about um so this has been an interesting thing it's kind of like speaking I was honestly a little bit reluctant at first um to speak Jay shot out a text to a number of people and I was like first I was like no you know like I don't want to do that I already do a lot I'm tired uh and, I don't know, as I sat with it, it's actually really funny because before that, I don't know, I just like, when I was younger, I used to dream a lot about what I wanted to do, um, I guess with worship and ministry, and like, I don't know why, but I would just imagine myself preaching super intense. I remember like, I'd have dreams where I'd like, go, I was in a room casting out demons, and then I'd go walk out and preach like thousands of people. And it was like, I was super excited, I'm like, yeah, you know when you're fired up, like, when you, I don't know, you're young, I guess. I'm not old, but, like, you know, you're just a little more fresh. Um, and I just had this, a few weeks ago, just this, like, remembrance of that and the energy that was with that. And, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, a thing on my heart. I forgot about that. So I had that experience, and then Jay shot out the text, and then my reaction was, like, no, I don't want to talk. But then I like realized, like, no, I literally think God is like kind of reawakening that in me. Um, and frankly, it's very scary. Like, honestly, when I'm up here, it's actually relaxing, way more relaxing than beforehand. I get so freaked out, like, beforehand, the nights before. I just, like, it used to be really bad with worship, too. Um, like, I just wouldn't sleep the night before. It was just, you know, all that anxiety, and it sucked, and... Um, so it's just crazy. I don't know. I'm standing here, relaxed, and that's a testimony of my own life because I used to have a lot of anxiety. Um, so yeah, I just quick word, just like you don't just hope if you have a lot of anxiety. You know, it's not who you are. Um, God's fathering you, bringing you through all that. So, all right, let's get into what I'm talking about. Um, if you act, if you got your Bible, I mean, honestly, it's one verse. So open up your Bible, anyways. Do it. It's good habit. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, we're going to the Sermon on the Mount. Come on. So I honestly am just going to do one verse out of this, and I'm just going to start going and flowing, and we'll see where we go from there. So a little bit of context, right? So Jesus has first chapters, right? He's born, um, John the Baptist is preaching, Jesus shows up and he's like, there's the guy that I was like born to point out and like to kind of announce the, the way that he's coming. Tell everyone the way he's coming. He's right there. Baptizes him, right? And then after he baptizes him, the spirit of God rests upon him and propels him into the wilderness where he's then temp- fasted and he, and he, he was tempted. And, um, you know... It, What's really cool about that is, right, that's the story of Israel. Israel was baptized in the Red Sea. They walk right through it, baptized, go 40 years in the desert, keep failing, keep not passing those tests. And then, you know, that's their story. So Jesus is essentially redeeming all that. So 
we see him now in the, in the, in the desert representing all of us, conquering every single you know, obstacle that we face. And then he comes out in power. And what's his message? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He really only has one message, and that's just the kingdom. And the kingdom has qualities, has aspects. Um, and you see his first sermon is all about the kingdom. So let's read. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, when I picture Jesus saying that to his disciples, I know I've thought about it, and I thought about it, especially as I'm about to talk, I'm like, you know, blessed are the poor, like get super animated about it, but I'm like, why would Jesus, how is Jesus saying it? You know, he's obviously sitting down, so he's relaxed, and I, and I realized he's just saying a matter-of-fact thing. Just a, it's a matter of fact thing. Like, unless you're poor in spirit, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. It's just like, it's not something you got to muster up or like, I don't know, work to figure out. But it's just like, that's just what it is. You know, it's like, unless you're poor in spirit, you're not going to get the kingdom of heaven. So my job today is trying to explain what that means. Right? I want to explain what it means to both what is blessed what does that even mean? I think we, we read our Bible and there's all these words that we don't even realize we don't know the full meaning to, but we just sort of do our, we just kind of skim through it and we kind of get the general idea of it. But like, take time, dig through everything because there's so much there. And so the term blessed, right? In our culture, we think like, oh, bless you, man, bless you. Or like, if someone sneezes, say bless you. Like, what, like what, is that, what is that? What does that even mean to you? Does that mean like, hey, like, I can't even think of an example of what it would be. I'll just tell you what it means. So in Hebrew culture, right, that term, when you break it down, essentially it just has a context of inheritance. It has a context of inherit good things. It, yeah, it, it means to give or receive an inheritance. And it has a context of like, you know, your house, your family, your land, your resources, things of value. So when he's saying Bless, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, the poor in spirit will inherit the kingdom of God. So I think that's helpful, right? So what does poor in spirit mean? The poor in spirit is just, I think boiled down, it's just dependency, right? Like think about the qualities of of, of being poor. It's like being poor, you can't, you can't like provide really for yourself, let alone the people around you. You're not like, you're, 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 you're where you're looking is right here, right now. How can I like, yeah, like I need to get, I need to take, I figure out right now. I don't know. It's like there is a desperateness to it, right? So, Jesus is saying, if you want to inherit the kingdom, you, lit- you need to like, you need to get needy. You need to be spiritually needy. The poor are, are humble. There's something about losing all of your comforts 
that you finally realize what's valuable in life. There's something about losing the things that you, you would use to like, I don't know, feel good about yourself or feel safe and secure to get a sense of self. When you lose all those, you finally realize who you are. Like you kind of have to confront yourself. Who am I? What do I like? You have to like, re- like you realize what really matters in life. And it's funny how people who are financially poor like tend to be more generous and welcoming. It's just like, and the worst thing in the world is for someone to have, right, that poverty mentality, like poverty mentality as in like trying to self-preserve, right? And then, actually let me back up. It's more like I see these people, especially in the music industry, right? You see these rappers or whatever, you know, their, their thing is like, it's all like the lust and pride of life. And it's suddenly they get a ton of money and now all that's validated in their life and they're stuck in that prison, they don't even realize it's a prison. It's like, but there's something about having money that can, you can just live in your prisons and you can live in the things that you don't realize that you need God. So my question is, do you know that you need God? I think you can't fake that answer. You have to be honest. And that's my goal is just to like be honest. Especially like in preaching, I'm like, I really, my number one goal in preaching is just to tell the truth. And it sounds so simple, but I'm like, I think about that whenever I'm hearing a preacher. I'm like, is this guy telling the truth or is he just trying to like make his sermon make sense? So be honest with yourself. Do you actually need God in your life? Do you actually Will you, what will you do? Like, what, does your need outweigh your dignity? Does that make sense? Like, will you, what will you do, what will you do to have him? Like, how desperate are you? The poor are, like, desperate for, they need stuff. They need the, yeah, they're not afraid to, like, risk their dignity for food or water or money. It's like, they need stuff. They're not just, like, trying to self-preserve their image, um, you know? So the same is, it's the same as with us. It's like, what do, you, do you need God? Like, how much do you need God? Are you willing to lose your dignity for it? What are you willing to risk for God? What are you willing to give up for God? What are, is your dignity and your coolness and your comforts and your career, is that more important than needing God? Do you know that those things aren't going to help you in the long run? Do you know that you're inheriting a kingdom one way or the other. You're inheriting a kingdom whether you know it or not. And the question is, what kingdom do you want? It's not hard to get into the kingdom of God. It literally is like, what is actually in your heart? What is the treasure in your heart? Jesus says it, Matthew six twenty one. Where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Or where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's just the stuff you can't fake. And you have to ask yourself, like, what, 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 what's my treasure in my life? What is my, what, yeah, what do I trust? 
You know, wealth's obviously not bad, it, but, you know, it can buy those comforts that keep you from never facing what you really need. Um, so this past year was probably like maybe a year and a half was like the hardest year of my life, frankly. Um, I actually, even before that is, is a lot. So I had 2017, 2016, 2017, or no, 27, 2018, I had two shoulder surgeries and I was working a job that really sucked. Um, but you know, I, that was paying for my shoulder surgeries and whatnot. So I needed it. And, um, during that time I started having for the first time ever insomnia and that like, I can't tell you what that meant, what was happening to me. And like, I think I had so much, like I talked about anxiety, right? And like, I still had so much anxiety. Well, I mean, granted a lot less than I used to. God has done so much, but like, I'm there in the middle of the night and I can't sleep. There's something about a computer screen that I'm like, just like at work that just like, it messes me up where I'm like, it's like that you know, it like stimulates you, keeps you awake, but you're actually really tired and it's like that over-caffeinated feeling where you're just like dragging, but you want to be asleep. I'm stuck in this place where I'm just, my whole body is just like imploding. That was the first night. First night I never slept at all. From like morning, like from night to morning. It wasn't like I fell asleep at three or four. The next night I'm trying to sleep again and it starts happening again and I'm now at three o'clock 3 a.m., not able to sleep, and I go to the living room, and I'm crying, absolutely weeping, and the most helpless state I think I've ever been in, and I'm like, God, what is happening? And I finally heard him, because I've been trying to hear him for so long, and he said, I'm breaking you. And like, you don't want to hear that. That's not a fun thing to hear. That's really not, and it also isn't like, that doesn't seem like the father thing to do, right? Like, my father always wants to bless me and give me good stuff. And it's like, no, no, dude, you don't even realize the walls in your heart. How much, of, how much of your own kingdom is still in your own heart that is killing your life? And he's breaking it. I just feel this moment right now just to like, just declare that. God is breaking all the walls in your heart that are preventing you from his kingdom and his life. He's gonna rip out, smash, demolish every false kingdom in your life because he loves you. He's not gonna let you go. He's not gonna let you build your own kingdom. He knows the end of that religion. He knows that's, not, that's only gonna keep you trapped. So I prophesy true identity in every bit of your life to be built on the name of Jesus. So fast forward, like, this didn't stop the insomnia. Like, right, he speaks and it's still happening. Like, it's still happening. I don't even know what that means. So... I think in July of 2018, I was just like so over my job. I'm like, 
this thing is killing my life. It's not healthy for me, so I'm going to leave. And I leave. I leave, and I'm, like, super hyped. I'm like, okay, actually, I'm going to, like, try all the things that I've always wanted to do. Like, I've always wanted to start a business. I've always wanted to... um, I don't know, be an entrepreneur, I wanted to do music, I want to like, I don't know, I was just excited about a lot of things. I'm like, finally, yeah. Oh, also, I was going to go to Bethel. I was like, I was like, I paid my deposit, I was like all in, and then God wrecked me, but that's not, that's like, that's a thing. Uh, so, on the heels of that, I'm like now propelled by God, just being like, I feel like he was just encouraging me. So much of that decision to stay was like, this encouragement, he's like, He's like, you can do it. You're strong enough. You can do it. I believe in you. And it's like, oh, it's exhilarating. And it's like freaky, exhilarating. You're like, wait, I can feel good about myself as I do things? Like, that's the kind of level of, I had a lot of insecurities, but I still do. But it's getting better because the big guy. But uh, um, so I then go into this year where I, I almost buy a coffee shop. I take marketing courses. I try to trade, day trade. I tried, I like went to computer coding like academy online. I went to Australia. I was tight. I like, am like trying everything to like do something that I've always wanted to do. Like pedals. I bought a lot of pedals. Like, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm like, I kind of, okay, it's really like, I'm trying all these things. So I'm, like, I'm like, I believe, like, you know, I want to do something like this. This is cool, and I'm super excited. Um, but, like, slowly I started just realizing this sucks <laughs> and, like, realizing how much I need people and, like, I need to not be running alone because I was just really trying to do it on my own. And and one sec. You know, and you're like, I see that thought, but it keeps going that way, and I needed to come back this way. <laughs> I just had one of those. Um, so I'll just back up, back up, back up. So I'm in this year. It's super rough. I'm being broken, having more insomnia episodes, and um, I essentially get to this place financially where I have literally nothing. I'm like, dang it, dude. I not only, like... Burn through my savings. I like actually disobey. I like I didn't realize that God was telling me some stuff, and I like just frankly just did it. I yeah, I just didn't trust His voice, and I lost money, and I lost a lot of my savings on it, and that sucked. So trust His voice. It's really important. Um, and I was finally at this point of like, God, I don't know what's happening. I need a job. So I applied to over like 30 jobs and I don't hear back from any of them. Finally, I get like two interviews and I'm in this like place where actually one of the interviews was at Honey. This is the one I wanted. I was like the one that like, I was like, this is sick. I want to work at Honey. And I go through all the interviews and even before that, even before my final interview, I had this dream where there was like three people in the running. And it was like me, this other girl, and this mystery person. And we were all being ranked by like stars. And it was like, me, I was neck and neck to this other girl. Like, 
I think I had nine stars and she had like seven. But then there was this mystery person that had like 50 stars and the whole company was like, yeah, when they're like picking people. And I was like, oh, dang it. I really hope this is my subconscious. And like, this isn't just, isn't real. And, and my mom calls me. She's like, you know, Joe, I was uh, doing some dishes at the sink, doing my best thinking. And uh, I just felt like you weren't going to get the job. It's like, oh, no. Uh, so I go into this interview, and it's like, it's like pulling teeth. Like, actually, no, the interview felt like I was doing really good. I was, like, answering everything, trying to explain who I am and, like, just be energetic and, like, fit the company culture, show that I'm qualified. Like, I work really hard on it. But it was like, I can, like, know. You've made up your mind already. I know. I can, like, tell you've already made up your mind. And, like, I'm just not going to get this no matter how hard I try. And I was just overwhelmed with that feeling. So, Mike, still, hopefully that's my subconscious. Maybe I'm just a little nervous. Like, why? There's no reason I shouldn't get this job. I'm more than enough qualified. I have more than enough recommendations. Um, and so I go through that interview. And next thing I know, or a few days, a few weeks, I think a week later, I get a call. No, email. Email. Call is way too... That's hard. That's a hard call. It's a rejection email, by the way, obviously. So I get this email saying, no, you didn't make it. Sorry about it. Um, that's not how they said it. <laughs> Sorry about it. Uh, and I was so overcome with this, this like understanding, this thing from God. It was like, remember, I'm, I'm poor. <laughs> I'm like very poor at this point. <laughs> And I was just like, and God was just like, I'm closing every door you'd use to escape. I'm, I'm, I'm every door that you would use to get rid of, out of this pain, I'm closing. I'm not going to let you, let you just choose the easy way out. So I get this email from my church right around this time for that I grew up in. I reached out to them a year prior saying, hey, I'm actually an IV, kind of doing ministry stuff. You want to support me? Never heard about from them. They say, hey, we're sending you a thousand bucks. Where should we send it? I was like, whoa, I need that. I don't have any money for rent right now. And it was like right on the heel of like, I don't know where my next like, like I don't know what's going to go on. Um, and I really want to trust you, God, in this. I don't want to have to like just hit up my parents or whatever. I'm just like, God, you're my father. I want you to provide. Um, and that was like such a faith building thing. And this whole season is just like every, every like paying, paying for things and whatnot. It's like, it's a declaration of God. You're my provider. I know you're good. I know you're going to provide. And this is me prophesying that you're going to provide. And literally at that same time, Jay hit me up, was like, God told me to do this and just hit me up with just a blessing. Like he just blessed me and it like made me cry. I was just like, like on Venmo. And I just like, it was like, oh my gosh, God, what is happening right now? Like, I've never been so dependent on you. I've never been so dependent on you. So fast forward, I, I end up like getting almost like forced into this job. Not forced into the job. I really like this company I'm working for now. It's called Parker Clay outstanding vision the people are amazing but like I was kind of like I don't want to work there I'd rather work for like a tech company that's like you know able to pay me more and uh has all these benefits but it was like I got trapped into there into Parker Clay 
I'm like, I got to say yes because, you know. Um, and I've been absolutely blown away by them, and I've learned so much. They, so what they do is they actually, they have a company or a factory in Ethiopia where they hire women who are coming out of prostitution, um, and they train them, give them above average pay jobs, benefits, health care, retirement, transportation, over, like above and beyond, um, and train them to make leather goods where they make leather goods, sell them in, in the States. Um, and I've been so mind blown to see the kingdom in action in a business like this. And it's like, our mission is literally to end prostitution. Like what? What's well, like your company's vision? You know, it's like, like that's crazy, you know? And I've learned so much and, um, God has only grown that. And I, and I don't understand like the full, you know, why I'm there, but God just like served them. Um, so I say all of this to say, tr- like, Get dependent on him. Like, honestly, I really hope you don't have to go through what I, like, I went with that. Maybe you've probably gone through something way harder. But, like, the point of all this is, like, get dependent on him because that's the only way you're going to get the kingdom. That's the only way. Like, dependency is the only route to the kingdom. Yeah, so being broken is really hard. And I just pray, God, right now that that we would have the courage to do the hard stuff and to go through the hard seasons. Trusting you. Father, I pray that no one would complain. I pray that we wouldn't complain as you take us through the desert. Because you know Egypt has to get out of us. If we're going to enter the things you promised, we need to get all of Egypt out of us. So I pray that we don't complain, Lord. Father, I pray for hunger. I pray for your hunger. I pray for your fire. I pray that we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't express our love for you because we just want to be dignified. I pray that we would sacrifice all our dignity out of just a need for you. I pray that nothing else would be on the throne of our heart than you. Father, I ask right now that you would uh, just begin to speak. Yeah, Holy Spirit, speak right now to each one person in this room. Holy Spirit, you, you convict of righteousness and of sin. I ask right now you kindly just speak to each person, anyone in this room. What's on the throne of their heart? What is, what do they depend on? Ask them where they're, they're, they're 
Show them what they're depending on. Fill them with joy. Fill them with the sweet, just an easy, just an easy repentance. Just like, oh, man, I didn't realize all that anxiety was because I just was stressed about this or that. Like, I didn't realize that. Or, yeah, just an easy coming back to the Father. Yeah, Lord, I just, I just see that the image of you and the, the prodigal son and just that, just that return. And I just pray that there'd be just deep, deep love and connection between your, your children and you right now. You know, lastly, just, I kind of just want to say, like, actually, let me just wait for a sec. Yeah, and, you know, this is heavy. This is heavy stuff. This is all heavy stuff. And, like, I think at the end of the day, the mess, like, Jesus' heart is just to reveal the Father, right? It's not this, like, heavy, like, condemning thing. And I, I know how it can feel like that. And it's, like, that's the real thing. You got to ask those questions. You got to, like, you got to go there with him. But, like, the whole point is just love, right? The whole point is just to return and just literally just live in his kingdom, which is just so amazing. It's like, literally his love permeates all of his kingdom, right? It's like heaven is so filled with the presence of God. Heaven is so full of his love. Like there's nowhere you're gonna go that's just not full of his love, right? And that's what Jesus is is bringing us into. He's like, it's not this like crazy condemning thing, right? It's actually liberating. He's so kindly illustrating how to, be filled with love. So I'm gonna have the worship team come on up and um, yeah, cool. So why don't I just pray real quick? Yeah, Father, we just say we love you. Father, we, we say that you have the throne of our heart. Yeah, we just, the we just, Thank you for the joy that comes with just giving it, selling it all, selling all of our, all the wrong treasures of our heart. 
We just sell them away. And the joy that comes and the freedom that comes. And I just say, like, there's no anxiety in Jesus' name. There's no depression in Jesus' name in the kingdom of God. You are set free from every false false identity, all the insecurity. You are free in Jesus' name.